in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the smooth Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> this and you're so smooth. And it's a hot one. <laughs> wow, that's the key word for this episode, Brian. The, the, the word for this episode is smooth. This little teaser, folks. We're gonna. This is going to all come full circle. In uh, yeah, in about well, I don't know however long it takes us to actually make sense, but <clears throat> yeah, I feel smooth, Brian. That's good, Glenn. That's I a good. That's a good feeling. It's uh, yeah. it's like you're seven inches from the midday sun. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. Um, <laughs> and speaking of being seven inches from the sun, mm-hmm. uh, com is a hot one. It is a hot one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. It's a uh, hot website that you need to go out there and visit um it's uh i'm trying to think of words that would describe it other than hot and smooth uh manly it's a yeah it's a manly website uh, you would like it you would like it we guarantee it yeah that's our that's our unconditional money back guarantee give you your twice your money back yep um if you go visit gentleman.com and you don't love it mm-hmm yeah, where else can you find a deal like that? At Walmart? You no. get a voucher. No, yeah, we, we'll give you a voucher. Uh, no, you can't get that at Walmart. No. Sure, you get your money back, but you don't get double your money back. Right. You get price match. We but... looked around and we were like, what's the best money back guarantee that's out there? And we're going to double it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just because that's who we are. Um, and speaking of doubling it, if you want to put your put your money where your mouth is, double down. <laughs> Uh, on your gentleman love you can go over to podcast.gentleman.com where you can view previous episodes sorry not view you can listen you yes. can view with your ears that's right previous episodes uh, you can follow along with the links from this episode if we talk about something that hey you, oh, that's an interesting link I want to go check that out we're going to link that up on podcast.gentleman.com uh, you can also check out some of the previous beers we rated and talked about and uh, also if you want to get in touch with the uh, uh, the podcast it's maybe you want to ask us a question raise a concern uh, give us a treatise on uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, mm-hmm. uh, then you can do so by sending us a letter to the gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas 66044. We will get your letter. We'll stick it up on a hall slash wall of fame, which we know and love as a wall of fame. We will talk about it on the gentleman podcast, and then we might send you a little bit of something back in mm-hmm. return, just for just mm-hmm. for your troubles. Um, you can also send us an email at howdyatgentleman.com or at reply us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, send us an Instagram photo. Yes, we have. We are we're on Instagram, Brian. Um, People love us there. Send us a Vine, a Vine, mm-hmm. Snapchat. Yeah, any of those things. Any of those things, you can get in touch with us. Or uh, Brian, I will throw another one in the ring. You could go over to the Gentleman Parlor. That's right, Gentleman dot com slash Parlor, and ask anything you want. Right to us, to the community, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, exactly. About the podcast, you know, anything you want. We'll read it. Yeah, we will. And so will others. Everybody will see it. There's checks and balances. Keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's going to see it. So this isn't like a DM. Right. You know, Don't people, get confused. A lot right. of politicians make this mistake. Exactly. Famous there athletes. There have been some mm-hmm. mistakes about this. So just to be clear, you're not sending a direct message no. to us. No, you are not. You're putting it on the internet. No. Um, so anyway, Glenn. All right, Glenn. Well, speaking of putting it on the internet, let's let's uh, get into the drink of the week. <laughs> this week good segue yeah uh so it was uh, my turn to pick out the brews that we're gonna have this week glenn and uh i didn't have to look far to find them uh i was really tempted this week glenn by the uh by the oktoberfest because oh. are they out already it's like when i walked into the liquor store it was like i was in uh Munich. germany yeah. for oktoberfest there were you know later hosen everywhere yeah, yeah. and they were shoving oktoberfest beers in my face yeah uh with big you know mug you know the, the german mugs yeah the steins um 
there's a lot of Oktoberfest beer out there that was that was calling my name, but I feel like we should hold off for at least two more weeks. Uh, at least until we get into September. September feels more right. So it does. I, I didn't feel like it was the right time to, it's like to get to the October Christmas decorations in September. They do already have Halloween stuff out. Oh well. Laura has has told me she's at the store a couple days ago. She said there was uh, there was already Halloween stuff out. So that's good to know. Which I applaud. But yeah, and, and the Oktoberfest. I don't, that's one thing that I don't mind getting early because I like the Oktoberfest beers. It seems like they come earlier every year, uh, and I don't mind that. But anyway, the point is, I, I didn't do that. I didn't go in that direction. You abstained. Um, but there's a brewery that I think I've heard of before. I've been Have there. You, you've been here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is this is a brewery called Martin City Brewery, um, and I. Don't know much about this brewery. And <laughs> their website. So it's in Kansas City. Yep. And it, so I saw that. I saw. I saw that it was in Kansas City. So I said, like, "Well, we should. We haven't probably talked about any of their beers on the on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've had ninety four tries, but ninety five is the one. You know. That's right. Uh, so finally made it. Looks like they made it. And um, so anyway, I, I, I would just there was like two. They had two or three varieties of, of stuff there, and I think the other ones were IPAs or something. So I just figured, yeah, this would be. Anyway, this is the Belgian style Abbey Ale, and this is one of the first ones that they put out in cans, I guess. I think this brewery is like a pizza place. It's I, goofy. I, I tried to I tried to read about it, and it's it's it was like the story was it was two friends, and they started like a like a brew pub or something, and but then there was they joked about they had a brewery, right? Right. Yeah. And then they started they just bought a building. One of them bought a building and like said, oh, "Now we want to break this." brewery here and so the guy's like okay and so they did and then it became somewhat successful so they did the whole brewing operation thing and uh, i don't know yeah i've been there it's it's a cool little place it's it's got all these levels and it's like it's like a weird building it's kind of rustic i guess the best way to put it but it was fun it was a nice little it was it was fun okay um uh, but anyway, yeah. so yeah, we're gonna check this out. This is the uh, the Belgian style Abbey Ale, and they said it was one of their flagship brew- beers. So yeah. I figured, you know, let's um, let's give it a shot. Uh, this is the only thing about this that I would say that is really weirding me out is that there's like a it's like the can isn't actually painted on. Yes, it's like a, a sticker. sticker. They just like <laughs> took a generic can and put a sticker on it. I'm trying to peel. I've been trying to peel it off this entire Which time. Oh. I ha- I'm afraid I'm gonna. I'm afraid I'm gonna peel this off, and it's gonna be like a Coors Light can or something. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you here. Um, which I gotta say, if you're no. Oh, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. There's we another... peeled it off. All right. So here's the thing. On the underside of this can, on the underside of the sticker, is it's it's an IPA can. It's for their IPA. So I don't know if somebody just. Oh man. What the? Wow. That's not flagship. This does not bode well. This, I, this is just. This isn't gonna be. Like I don't. I can't alter the <laughs> the score of the MTS computer to take this into account. But you don't. You start pulling a thread. You don't do this. You don't. If you're. <laughs> what the hell, man? Is this actually gonna? Oh, now my candle's sticking. Yeah. Ah. Wow. All right. Well, anyway, there's different. There's a different beer underneath the. Um, and the IPA is also 7.5% alcohol, so hopefully we actually have a... Uh, I don't know if we're going to be drinking an IPA or a Belgian-style ale. I can't tell you for sure. We're not sure what's going on. I can tell you for sure that apparently Martin City Brewery is a bunch of cheapskates. Because... <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it costs more to actually sit down a little... I wonder if somebody at the company... Like, somebody who was printing the cans or something made a mistake, and they just... This is really weird. This is... I've never heard of anything like this. Well, not high marks out of the gate. I can tell you that much. Uh, yeah, we've, I've been watching a lot of Olympics, Brian, and I feel like I've kind of honed my judging, you know. Yeah, it's true. I've got I've got a keen eye for mm-hmm. for um, mistakes. Yeah, absolutely. And this is Flaws. not this is not a uh, this is not a good dismount. I'll no, tell you that much. No, 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 no. That's a three tenths deduction right there. Do you want to get you a glass for that? Uh, I think it'll be fine. Actually, here, just drink your water. Um, okay, go ahead. Well, <clears throat> let's crack these open and, and take a drink and see what see what what the what this is going to hold. It's like our... a Russian nesting doll. Like Ugh. what's inside this? Yeah, exactly. I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, the way, hands are like all sticky. I know. I can't even get the tab now. Okay, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's best to probably take a look at it before we <laughs> start drinking it because I don't know what. 
smells like a Belgian. It smells. Ugh. Martin City. Wow. You know what? They're on the Missouri side. Yeah, yeah. So, I've been there. I'm a little surprised. I mean, they did. They didn't seem like you know the the, the nicest operation I've ever been to. But it was fun. It was nice atmosphere, mm. and the beer was good when I went there. Wow. Uh, and, and apparently, you pour the beer and it gives you know a terrible foam on top. So oh, right. That's not my fault. <clears throat> well, uh, cheers. cheers to the unknown. Okay, that's not. Mm. That's not bad for a Belgian. Um, hmm. I'm just weirded out by the whole thing, to be honest. Actually, this is kind of nice. It's not. Yeah. A lot of Belgian Abbey ales are mm-hmm. like really sweet. Yeah, just something that's really specific tasting. I feel like you could drink more than one of these, and maybe I will. Yeah, and it is almost eight percent alcohol. Yeah, seven point two percent alcohol. That's true, Glenn. 7.2. And also the IBUs on this. Bad boy are twenty nine. All right, so, so they've regained their form. Yeah, so not bad. Um, that's that's pretty good. So okay, Glenn. Well, if you had to put a rating on this beer, what would you? <laughs> I should mention that the price was eight ninety nine for a six pack, so it's a little on the high side. But the higher alcohol content kind of justifies. It. I got to say that you know if I'm paying nine dollars for a six pack, I would appreciate it if it was actually in the can <laughs> of the six pack that I was buying. Oh yeah, this is our first run with cans. They uh, should have. If that was the case, they should have discounted a couple dollars. I I don't know why they do that. Yeah, anyway, I don't know. Um, so, Glenn, what, what would your rating on this one be? I'm going to say, I will tell you this. It's not my favorite beer. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just that style. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a little, if you kind of like like a spicy, not like, you know, hot, but like spicy is in, mm-hmm. you know, herbs, or not herbs, uh, it's like nutmeg or clove or something like that, kind of like a fall spice. That's kind of what I'm, I'm getting off this. Yeah. Um, this actually isn't a bad fall beer, actually. It's really not. Mm. Um, it's a pretty good beer. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I'm so all over the map on this I because know. of... Uh, oh, the can thing really throws it off. Just can't shake it. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So so the price was about right. Mm-hmm. And the low IBUs. High alcohol content. And high alcohol, and it is pretty smooth for being high alcohol mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, this is tough. This, is, this may be the hardest beer I've ever rated here. So many things going to play yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give this a uh, 74. I'm sorry, 7.4. 7.4. Okay. I was gonna give it a 7.7. I would say really? I like this one a lot. Yeah. But because of the can fiasco, I can't rate it any higher. No. I'm sorry. It's just on principle. So just to be clear, what happened was is we had a can, and the label was a sticker. Yeah, it was and we pulled the sticker off, and beneath it, it was a can for a different type of beer. <sighs> to be fair, um, it wasn't a Coors Light can. That's true. Which was what I was afraid was going to happen. <laughs> which, but it's funny that you actually kind of had a little uh, foreshadowing there. Yeah, I, 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 I was joking about that. I had no idea it was going to actually be a real... There was actually a real can under me. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, so we... Uh, we know what our rating was. You said a seven point four, mm-hmm. and I said a seven point nine. Yes. Wait, no. no I seven, said seven seven point yes, seven. seven. Sorry. Seven. Okay. So let, let me feed this into the uh, MTS computer here, and then we'll let it weigh in. The mustache twist scale computer will let us know the empirical scientific score yes. for the Martin City uh, at Belgian Abbey. If you don't, yeah, and if you don't know, the mustache mustache twist scale is our patent pending proprietary proprietary algorithmic <clears throat> data center. Exactly. For uh, beer ratings. That we've used to compute this in the cloud. Right. It's cloud-based and uh, non-cloud-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it's actually backed up locally, mm-hmm. but it's based in the cloud. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's really technical. Some people do it the other way around, yeah. where you have your computer, but then you back it up to the cloud. Mm-hmm. But we like to back it up locally yeah. from the cloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Just a little detail about the mustache Um So, okay. I, I said... Okay, so we said the it, what was the stats on the beer? Eight, eight. I should know this. Eight, eight ninety nine is the price. Seven point two percent alcohol by volume. Yes. Twenty nine IBUs, and we are unfortunately we do not have any information on the degrees Play-Doh Yes. Of this, which is I feel like a pretty big oversight. Like Martin City's website doesn't really say anything about their beer. 
So <laughs> doesn't help at all. Um, is this one of those companies where they actually brew? Like it's the brewing's done somewhere else. Like another. It said they had their brewery there. I don't know about their canning operation. They, they on their website they say they just bought this canning machine. <laughs> Apparently, there's some kinks need to be I worked think out. She's probably off of eBay <laughs> and uh, some some know. you know overseas seller. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, structure um, in Chinese. Okay, I was able to uh, the the MTS printout just came off the press. I uh, flipped over the right page here, and uh, the MTS scale, the MTS computer, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. comes in, it weighs in on this deal, okay. and it says it's a 7.55. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. That's not surprising. I really feel like could have got a higher score. Yeah. Were the presentation just a, a, a little bit I, less weird? I, I feel like the, the presentation, you know, I'm constantly amazed by the MTS computer. It's yeah. able to pick up on the yeah. nuances of beers and... Frankly, it's a little scary. Mm-hmm. The machine learning is really starting to catch up with stuff. You know? <laughs> Hello, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Brian? <laughs> I'm um, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn, let's uh, so let's move on to some interesting posts from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so, Glenn. All right. Well, first up, Razorback. Good old Razorback. Good old Razorback. Has posted uh, what I was probably um, one of my favorite. Tax mm-hmm. uh, in the past couple of weeks, and it's titled "It's a Washington Post piece," and it's titled "This Republican Mayor Has an Incredible, Incredibly Simple Idea to Help the Homeless, and It Seems to Be Working." Mm-hmm. Now, typically on the podcast, we don't really tend to weigh in too often on political. I don't understand what the Republican part I th- of it even. I, I think it was an attention grab. I guess it was. Yeah. You know, this really doesn't have anything to do with any party affiliation. It's really just. A nice story. It, it, it's a, it's a great story. They could have put Democrat and it wouldn't matter, or well, they could have put you know communist. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, so we know why they did it, yeah. but because it's, it's a political season. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. The uh, article's great, um, and it talks about uh, the mayor of Albuquerque, New Mexico, Richard Berry. He was driving around last year and he saw a guy holding a sign in the street corner that said, "Want a job? Anything helps." Mm-hmm. And um, he was thinking about it, and he's like, you know what? Why, sh- you know, if 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 they're having a hard time finding a job, and they want a job, right? Let's help them out. And right. so basically, mm-hmm. he started this initiative called "There's a Better Way" program, and they basically hire panhandlers for day jobs, and they pay them above minimum wage. You pay them nine bucks an hour, mm-hmm. and they give them a free lunch. Yep. And I think it's like two days a week, and right. they drive around. They employ about ten people per day ish, mm-hmm. but it's growing. Yeah. And. Anyway, they said that um, it's gone really well. So what they but they what they yeah. do is they they go around the city and clean up exactly uh, brush overgrowth uh, trash. trash and yeah. just make the city a nicer place for for the community. Right, and they've um, some stats from the program. They've given out nine hundred thirty two jobs. They've cleared almost seventy thousand pounds of litter and weeds from almost two hundred city blocks. And so, yeah. and probably the coolest part, I think. Is that more than a hundred of these people that have been in the program have been connected to permanent employment? Jobs. Yeah, which is the overall end goal <clears throat> of this, right? right? Like, and the mayor has a good point. He says uh, sometimes it just takes a little catalyst in people's lives to stop a downward spiral, spiral to let them catch their breath, mm-hmm. and it's remarkable because they've had a dignity of a day's work, and right. someone believed in them at least for one day. Right. They, they, he's somebody. Somebody told him that they had. He hadn't had a kind word spoken to him in twenty five years. Yeah, or something that was on the program. So, so don't move to Albuquerque. Well, yeah, that's rough. Um, but then they, they also said that in addition to the people that actually were gainfully employed after they were in this program, uh, there was a large percentage of them that actually uh, took the time to seek out help, whether it was like medical or uh, mental health or mm-hmm. uh, addiction to you know mm-hmm. um, to drugs or alcohol. Um, so there's, you know, fixing problems in people's lives, basically, is what's really going on here. Um, and, you know, this it's a good reminder. Uh, you know, they, they mentioned in the article, everybody kind of just assumes that people that are out there panhandling are too lazy to get a job. Right, they like, don't want to work. He's like, you know, that's not true. He's like, a lot, you know, that's true sometimes, but sometimes it's really people that just need a little bit of help. And uh, so I think that's, uh, it's, it's cool to see somebody see a problem. An attempt to do something about it that that addresses it, as opposed to the the article mentions that a lot of cities in the in the country are trying to outlaw panhandling, so so that they can it's yeah. like make it a law that that people can't be out there asking for money. So, 
Yeah, um, the the uh, it's one of the organizers of this program was basically saying that <clears throat> um, a lot of things you and I don't have to worry about, like that we can just go and find any job. Basically, I mean, because we have a social security card, right? We have, you know, right. we don't have medical issues that are keeping us from, yep. You know, we don't have health, you know, mm-hmm. mental issues, right? And so we can't just assume that people are lazy because those those are huge hurdles. Right. Like you can't get employed if you don't have right proof of this and proof of that. Right. And, yeah. Know. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, so it's a cool program. Um, and they and he said that it looks like there's a lot of communities that have been starting to reach out to him about uh, doing it in their community. So it sounds like something that might be spreading around the country. Uh, and it looks like something. Uh, really good for the community. It, it helps clean up a community, gives people an opportunity to have a job and, and get some self-esteem and um, all kinds of stuff. So really cool, cool story. Razorback posted this into his uh, collection called Faith and Humanity, which is really one of my favorites in the entire... Yeah. The entire Mint, Brian. It's mm-hmm. it's good. If you need to pick me up, um, just click over to that. It's on, you can see it on the tack. But great curation there by our man Razorback. <clears throat> cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about this other uh, post that is from our good buddy on your keister. Um, <laughs> one of the best names on gentlemen <laughs> ever. Every uh, time I say it out loud, this is called professional poo diver. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. Uh, professional poo diver. Um, and this is the story of Brandon Wal. Brendan Walsh. Uh, he runs a Melbourne company called East West Dive and Salvage. And it basically involves diving in all sorts of no-air environments. And one such environment is basically raw sewage. So he actually dives down into raw sewage uh, to fix mechanical issues. Apparently, uh, in Australia, they don't treat their sewage with chemicals. They treat it with a natural process or something yeah. of like aeration mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Basically, they, they put in a big mixer. Yeah. Forever. And so he, this guy dives down into the poo. And fixes, into the batter bowl, and fixes the mechanical stuff, and then comes back up and calls it a day. Work, a good honest day's work. Um, and it is. So anyway, this is this is an interesting little story, and uh, they they talk about the fact that you know stuff gets stuff like basically the motor breaks down underwater, underwater, and other stuff under. And so he's got to put on a full on diving suit that's all protected, and then dive down into this stuff. And he said it's more like walking around, not like swimming around and it's yeah it'd be like what i imagine be walking in pudding right uh so <laughs> they asked they do a short little interview with them and uh there's some interesting facts that come out of this interview like first of all brendan's favorite uh group is acdc of course and he said that he's an aussie they'll pipe music down into the 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 divers radio and they can listen to whatever they want and he said he he back in black is his favorite all-time song but the problem is you can't do any air guitar when you're <laughs> Surrounded by poo, uh, so that didn't work out too well. Yeah. Uh, they ask him about, you know, do you ever get sick? This is gross, and he says, "Well, it's actually." He said, "It's like airtight." This is disgusting. He said, "It's airtight, and there's no you, like." He said, "It's worse for the people that have to clean you off." Yeah. When you come out, because you never you have air, you're sealed off from everything completely, so you're you don't ever you know have to smell anything basically or come in contact with anything, but people have to hose you down or whatever. But he said that they have a rule against eating chicken before people go down into the diver's seat. <laughs> because he said that, he said that, it, that for some reason, that they, they have a process where they note all the different things that you do before uh, you do the dive. Uh, because if something goes wrong, as in uh, somebody gets the squirts yep. while they're about to... You'll uh, Montezuma quick step. <laughs> which you don't want to be in a full-on diver's suit oh. when you got to... And he said, for some reason... But I guess if you're in an environment that right, could be, you, you know, just, as forgiving yeah. as possible. Um, but he said that, for some reason, they it always, to a man, they've had chicken before they go to do the dive. So they can't... They have a rule against having chicken. That, um, that messes with my head? Anymore. But, um, you know... Uh, he also said this. They asked how they explain it, how he explains it to the the women in his life, and he says it's not a pickup line. That's for sure. <laughs> um, he said it takes a while before he tells anybody. Um, but you know, he said it's a it's a job that somebody has to do. He said he actually loves it. He said he's a mechanic, and the fact that it's something that no one else wants to do means he makes a lot of money doing it. Yeah. So it's like a very lucrative thing to uh, to do it. Um, this is just calling from Mike Rowe to come to Australia. Yeah. Do a dirty job segment. Absolutely. The cool thing about what this guy does that I thought 
um, was he they they said they they look at a ton of diagrams and photos before they go to a, do a dive because everything is dark right. like you can't see a thing mm-hmm. so he's fixing these machines by hand and touch and, yeah exactly without even and seeing smell it. yes no okay now but but, but uh, so I mean you can't just look at it he's actually got to go in and figure out how to yeah and it doesn't look like I mean looking at his suit like it would be hard to <clears throat> he's got some constraints basically moving yeah. around so absolutely so yeah. Okay, well, cool story. Uh, thanks for posting that on your keister. Um, moving on, we got uh, one more from the uh, Seminole. The effervescent. In, un, indomitable. Indomitable. Uh, That's a good one. Razorback. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so Razorback has posted uh, something that kind of hits close to home for you and I, Brian. It does. Yeah. An article by Atlas Obscura, which is a fantastic website. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast because they do a heck of a job. For good reason. And um, Atlas Obscura is has an article on how a champagne-laden steamship ended up in a Kansas cornfield. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that this um, steamship was traveling. It's called Steamboat Arabia. Mm-hmm. And it was traveling in 1856 along the Missouri River, about an hour away from where Brian and I are sitting. Right. And basically what happened was, is this steamship was loaded down with a bunch of different, um, uh, was it a, mer- I think it was a merchant ship of some kind? Like yeah. it was just loaded full of supplies and cargo mm-hmm. uh, f- for sale. And it hit a bunch of uh, cypress trees. Right. In the were, river. Yeah. And just, and just, it sunk within minutes. Right. And it went straight into the mud and in doing so, it preserved like perfectly everything mm-hmm. inside of the ship. Nearly. Right, and um, nobody died when the ship went down, except for a mule. Right, I'm sorry, but God yeah. rest his soul. Some, sometimes, sometimes your, your number is called, and the mule's number is called. But, right. um, but yeah. So anyway, this is so, so it's called the Steamboat Arabia Collection, and it's actually located in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, the the divers went in. I shouldn't say divers. They actually, uh, the interesting thing about this dig is that it, um, after a couple of decades after uh, the steamship sunk, they rerouted the Missouri. So this this uh, treasure that they were going for mm-hmm. um, wasn't in the Missouri River anymore. It was actually in a cornfield about right. 1,500, about a mile away from the river. So anyway... It, there was a bunch of lore about this steamship and the, what was on it. They were saying that some people thought there was like a treasure trove of whiskey. Oh yeah, like it, it was loaded down with barrels of yeah. whiskey, yeah. Uh, and that would be perfectly preserved mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And uh, so there's much contention about what was actually on the ship. Um, and it wasn't until 1988 where somebody took it upon themselves to track this thing down. Mm-hmm. Cause they said that and w- what really caught me about this story was it was just like a group of like four normal dudes mm-hmm. or something that just did, like they had heard about the legend and they're like let's see if we can track this thing yeah. down and then they took out they each took out uh, $10,000 mm-hmm. to contribute to they talked the land o- landowner into letting them dig and he had one thing one thing that he said you have to do is like I need to be able to plant corn there when the you know when uh, the next season comes around. So right. they had to be done by a certain time. So they basically had about six or seven months to work. Yeah, and also they wanted it to be cold to kind of preserve mm-hmm. um, the dig better. Right. Yeah. It would be easier than in the summer with mold and everything. So. Yeah, so um, so they had a short time window. So they took out a bunch of money, and it was just a bunch of – I got the impression it was just some normal guy that really wasn't an archaeologist or anything like that. He just wanted to go find this thing and preserve all the artifacts. So – um, they did the dig. They got it done. They got, I think they said, how many? 200 tons of items were retrieved from it. All kinds of stuff. I've never seen the exhibit. But, yeah. Um, There's all kinds of stuff. There's no particular riches in there or anything like that. You know, there was no big treasure trove of whiskey. But there was, like, they said, I, I, they were mentioning, like, uh, they, they said, like, casks of... Cognac. Cognac that yeah. would be, you could you could still drink them yeah. today if you wanted to. There's some champagne. Which would be yeah. weird and interesting. Would be, yeah, it would. Um, yeah, I've actually been to this museum, but it's been uh, 20 years. Probably I was a, I was a young tyke. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a young tyke, but I was in junior high. and um, I enjoyed it, but I, I don't think I appreciated it as much as I would if I'd go and visit it now. But Sure. So if you're ever in Kansas City, it's located at City Market. City Market. And our good buddy uh, Demon... Mm-hmm. On the website, actually, on um, gentlemen posted a comment on the link and basically said, "You know, 
you, you got to go on an early Saturday morning, tour the Steamboat Arabia Museum, and then come out and then grab some food at the Corolo's Deli or Cascone's Grill, which is right, like, literally, like, you know, yeah, the city a markets. couple hundred feet from the exhibit. So it's like, it's a market, a Saturday yeah. morning market you come to, and they have all sorts of, it's a farmer's market with yeah. actual yeah. actual farmer stuff. It's not like hipster farmer's market. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. really cool. cool location, really yeah. cool museum, and a great story. Just... Uh, I thought it was a. I thought the the main interesting part from it was just that you know you think about these things you're like oh they must have had like some archaeologists and these big companies <laughs> yeah. come in and do all this and make this whole thing but it, no it was just like some dude that was like oh I think we should go excavate this freaking steamboat from 1800s it's, it's literally like if you and I went and we're like well we think this is where it landed yeah let's get some shovels well I mean, <laughs> they said in the article they're trying to do a sequel yeah. they found another place already so yeah. maybe we should go uh, get a couple shovels tonight and head over there. <laughs> Uh, no, we probably won't do that. But anyway, cool story. Uh, thanks, Razorback, for posting that. Well done. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to know more about something that is I've always heard about, but yep. I had no idea the backstory on it. So it's cool. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the toast this week. Okay. And uh, this week, Glenn, we're gonna actually get a toast to people. Okay. And a song. Yep. Okay. Like three for one. Okay. Buy one, get two free. Yes. Um, and we're talking about a song named... We're talking about a little song that brought two artists together. Unsuspecting Bedfellows. Uns- yeah, you never think these two people would work together. They created one of the most classic songs of all time. Uh, that's loosely putting it. We're talking about a little song called... Smooth by Rob Thomas <laughs> and uh, Santana. So uh, I don't know what it was. I think maybe 1999, Brian. Well, no, no, no. I was talking oh, about. Sorry, sorry. I've got all personal here. I think it was you and I were working on the parlor. <laughs> I I don't know if we, we were talking about Santana or what it was. We were, we were talking about Santana, but I, then I immediately put on like Santana's. Oh, you know what it was? We were at the Green Dragon. <gasps> Yes, and they played, a local watering hole. They played a modern, like a modern day Santana song, which was exactly like smooth, except it was somebody else. You know, the whole album is the same. And, just... and so we started joking about it, and then we were doing a hack day on that parlor, and uh, <laughs> I put on smooth, like on repeat or something. Yes, it was on repeat. We <laughs> listened to it like six times, but but it was validated, Brian. There's it a was. reason why you did that. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And thank God there's a good reason why I did that. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, I want to I want to toast to you know Rob Thomas Santana coming together to create a masterpiece <clears throat> that will live on forever. Oh man, infamy! And the funny thing is, today on Gentleman, I posted a uh, I think it was a wire. No, it wasn't wired. It was the Verge. The Verge had yeah. an article all about how that song continues to live on, even though it should have died a long time <laughs> a ago. A long time ago. Yeah. It's crazy that the whole thing is crazy. It's just there's just so many twists and turns of the story of that. How song. many hours have we spent talking about Rob, like Santana and all this stuff? I don't know. We've been talking about, but it has bettered my life. Yeah, it exactly. has enriched it. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite part about this the the song and its lore is mm-hmm. that over the years, like it's just um, in the article that you posted, basically was talking about how it just never went away and right. just keeps resurging. Right, people keep using. Key phrases from the song. Yeah, yeah. keep referencing. Man, the song, it's a yeah. hot one. Yeah, you know, and um, seven inches from the noonday sun. Yeah, but also Rob Thomas on his Twitter account, right, will occasionally just you know make a reference to it. Man, it's a hot one. Yeah, you know, and just yeah, <laughs> and he he just totally makes fun of himself, right? And, and I think that's what's kept this thing going is mm-hmm. that he just yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, and it's so freaking catchy. Yeah, it is. And it's hilarious to listen to. It I mean, is. just like the... <laughs> the music video. The whole... The music video, <laughs> the opening to it, the weird Santana guitar solo, and the... Just the whole thing is just bizarre. Brian, give us... A, you were telling me about this at our hack day. Give mm-hmm. me a little backstory on how Santana came oh, yeah. up with the idea Okay, for this album. So I remember reading after... this al- The album that Smooth was on, I don't know what it was called. It was called like... You know, supernatural, supernatural. That's what it is. And um, the I read a Rolling Stone article about him after this came out, 
And it was like this whole thing about how this was his most his best selling album of all time. Oh, like it was hands down. It was a huge hit, and it's and he was like you know almost sixty at the time mm-hmm. or something, you know. And uh, so he had this whole long career. You know, he's been famous this whole time and sold a lot of records, but he's never sold as many records as as this one. And so they were asking him like where he got the idea for you know doing the album with all the different people and all this thing. And he launches off into this weird thing where he had a outside the back of his house, as I remember. I'm just going to like make this up, but I think it's really real. Do like I would. Yeah. I, look, just go with me and say that this actually really is really what happened. And I think it is. It's pretty close to this. Pretty close. But he basically has this, this tree house outside the back of his house that he, like, he climbs up this ladder and it's like his spiritual place. And it's this little room... Where he he's the only one that goes there, and there's like incense and you know peppermints and stuff like that in in the room, and he lights some candles and stuff like that, and he has his own kind of religion, like it's his own little like. So this is Santana religion. This is Santana, like not yeah, but I think it's I don't think it's like an official religion, or if it is, it's like a it's it's like his version of some religion, it's like a hodgepodge kind. So of. he. But so he goes and he like prays or whatever you know to whoever. Um, okay. No offense, Santana. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey. But you smooth man. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Whatever works. Whatever gets you to write smooth is all fine with me. But anyway, so he goes and does that, and he t- he said he he said about that that he came up with the idea for doing that album, Supernatural, because he did his little prayers and everything like that, and a spirit appeared to him in his treehouse. And it told him that he's going to reunite the points of light together with himself, and it would create a, you know, a something the universe would see or something like that. That was the term that he used. That he was like going to, he was supposed to. He was told by his spirit, Jobu, that he he had to <laughs> he had to connect the points of light. And create something with him and the points of light that the world would take notice of. And that's how Smooth came about. So in, in, in music terms, that's called a collaboration. That's called spoken. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so that's, that's the story that from Santana himself. Yeah. Is that a, a spirit appeared to him and told him to go create Smooth with Rob Santana. Or with Rob, 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 Dan, Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. <laughs> oh man I wish the spirit would appear to me I know? remember yeah no kidding I, what, what are we supposed to do Brian I, I don't know maybe it'd be it's like gentlemen is what happened maybe like go create something with Rob Thomas forget about Glenn <laughs> hey wait a minute <laughs> uh, well yeah I I remember when Smooth came out uh, I was a young lad and I remember I remember it was one of those things where every single radio station back then when people listen to radio stations right Every single radio station yeah. played it. Uh huh. All the time. I had my radio turned off and it was still playing. Exactly. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> yeah. I think Rob Thomas was like in the yeah. back of my CRS. Yeah. You got the kind of loving that could be so smooth. <laughs> Give me your heart. Oh, man. But the thing. So I, I remember it vividly. Yes. And I loved it and then I hated it, but I still loved it even though I hated it because I heard it all the time and everywhere I went. I think it's one of those songs where I, I didn't like it. But I kind of liked it because, like, it's so catchy. You can't not. And then now when I look back on it, I think it's so funny that every time it comes on, I absolutely love it. I have to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. Every yeah. time it comes, it's like it's like when National Treasure comes on TV. I know it's an awful movie, but I got to watch it, you know? I think it's just the, the guitar solo <laughs> and the Rob Thomas thing. It's it, just so... It's just over the top. Yeah, it's so weird. And the... And the oh! Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and the thing is, like, he wrote it about his girlfriend, which became his wife or something. Like, yeah, and it, so it's like a love song, and it's like so, you know, I don't know. But isn't yeah. but isn't she the girl that in, she's in the video? In the video, yeah, she's like, like the one a, who's dancing around in lingerie. Yeah, or, well, well, yeah that's like, like underwear. I think you have like a very yeah. No, your, no, your no. memories. <laughs> I just watched it. Like she's in the window. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making this up. Oh yeah, let me try to like, pull this out. <laughs> Seriously though, at one point she's like, and she's like, "Oh, I need to go down in the street and see we're oh, right, dancing. start dancing." Yeah, yeah she put on some right clothes, yeah, yeah, and right. then she, as you would, yeah. But um, I mean, what's a good music video without a street street dance? Oh, 
Spanish Harlem. Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa. Th- right and then there. she was yeah, and so he ended up marrying this girl who the was Spanish in Spanish Harlem Mona Lisa. Yes, who was okay. in the who was in the video. Oh, it's fine. just like it's like Santana. Something must have happened because uh, yeah. everything came that's together. That's true. Well, I'm, I'm, I must be praying to the wrong god or something. Yeah, man. You know, uh, I need to get in touch with Santana. When you were telling me the story about Santana and his and his uh, Jobu, yeah, I basically yeah. I was thinking about Jobu from Major League. <laughs> you know, he gives Jobu the cigar. I give cigar to Jobu. I give you whiskey. <laughs> Yes. That's pretty much, I think, how it is. So anyway, uh, cheers to uh, Rob Thomas and Santana for a fantastic music video and uh, enlightening our lives still to this day. Brian, that may have been my favorite toast. That was a good one. Okay, Glenn. All right. Well, that means it's time for the... uh, Hot Buddy Topic! Uh, And this week, Glenn... um, you know, there's something that's been, you know, it's not even basketball season yet. No. I mean, and I don't mean that in the sense of fake basketball NBA. I mean it in the sense of real basketball NCAA basketball. Right. Or, or Olympics basketball, which is going on right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, so the uh, the thing is, there's been some headlines recently. Apparently, uh, Wichita State is on a little tour of Canada. Goodwill tour. A goodwill tour where they go off. <laughs> International. Good. The NCAA allows NCAA basketball teams to go off on tours. I think once every four, three years or four years. Once every four years, I think you Probably, can yeah. you can take your basketball team on a summer tour and go around and play various yeah. clubs. K State's doing one in Europe right now, um, which I'm sure you've heard about. There's been TV coverage all over the place about yeah. it. I mean, big yeah. deal. Um, a lot of iPhones, right? Uh, so, but Wichita State goes over to Canada, and Greg Marshall, the coach of Wichita State. Is really upset about the refereeing that's going on in this Canadian game. Was it Quebec? I can't, I'm trying to remember. It looks like, you know, from, I, I watched the video. In Montreal. Appara- in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And appara- there, there was probably like six or seven people in the stands. Yeah. And uh, he, he, he lost his cool and started going at the refs. And it wasn't just like a getting in your face yelling at the refs. It was like he had his entire team, all of their coaches... And uh, you know the the water boys trying to hold him back, pushing him back, and he went around the whole court screaming at all the refs in their faces. I think even like the the, the clock guy. Yeah, I, he was just yelling at whoever. The pizza guy was there, and he yeah. was just like, "F you." Yeah, is that Canadian pizza? <laughs> <sighs> um, but anyway, Glenn. So the question is like, what you know? How you know, how far is too far with these coaches' rants? Is it a good thing to lose your cool as a coach? Is he trying to teach a lesson, or is he just being a baby about it? I don't think you can learn anything from that lesson that he gave. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at a lens through the Greg Marshall situation, right? Uh, what do you learn from... I mean, if you're a player, like, what are you teaching your player at that point? Like, it's okay to just go nuts when you don't agree with something? I, I think the backstory is that he felt like his... To be fair, he felt like his play... He, <laughs> it's hard to be fair, but to be fair, he felt like his players were getting, you know, worked, basically, right. hacked, and... Thought and it was a dangerous. Kind of, according to him, after the fact, he thought it was a dangerous situation yeah. for his players. Two hundred and fifty pound, six seven guys. You know, there's a lot of danger on that court <clears> in uh, Montreal, in Canada. Canada. Yeah, <laughs> there were Mounties outside. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, right. it was a situation, folks. Right. Um, so I will throw that out there. He was allegedly this was in defense of his players, but when you watch the video, the players are like. He basically fights them, too. Yeah, he's, like, pushing them. Yeah. And trying to knock them out of the way. And he's, like, his assistant coaches. Yeah. The best part was, like, the 6'8 forward that he tried to, like, knock out of the way. And then he's, like, oh, you know, I, like, yeah, he starts, he crumples like, a little bit. please let me get past her. <laughs> you know? I remember I recruited you, so. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I, my favorite part was when, it's kind of towards the end, where one of the managers just, like, gives him a huge jump. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that must be the other team's man. No, it's his own manager. Well, and the thing was, they didn't have any security there. They didn't have any police. They didn't have anybody. Why would you? Well, and, I mean, and the thing is, there's and 10 Greg, people. And Marshall doesn't stop. He just keeps going and going and going. He won't stop. It's, it's ugly. Like, it goes on forever. It's not, just like, yeah. It's not a good look, man. No. It's not a good look. So, I mean, I... Especially for a goodwill tour. <laughs> that's not a very goodwill. <laughs> and seven of the eight people in the stands were booing him. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and when you get Canadians to boo you, you have done something really, really wrong. So, subsequently, ESPN had this list of five other meltdowns that were... Mm, um, mm-hmm. We're talking about 
uh, John Cheney, yeah, uh, losing it on. Uh, um, it's a press conference, right? It's a press conference for when. Um, oh, Calipari was yeah. at uh, Maine. Yeah, and he beat John Cheney. UMass, temp- right? Yeah, yeah, U- or UMass, and it was like the Temple Owls, probably because Cheney was at yeah. Temple. And John, he threatened to kill him. He threatened to kill Calipari. He was like, "I'll kill you," and you know, <laughs> it's my favorite one by far. Um, and then I think he would have. And then they had, uh, <clears throat> and then they had uh, Bob Knight's son doing his Pat Knight doing a Lamar press conference where he dresses down his entire senior class and complains about them and says that they're stealing money from the university for being on scholarship. They have the legendary Bob Knight collapse where he throws a chair across the gym. They have the Jim Beheim one, which seemed a little bit like that seemed pretty laid back to me. He didn't. I mean, he kind of lost he, it. He, but. he tried to take off his sports coat and it didn't work out. Yeah. Like that was the biggest part of it. Uh, and then they had one from the Cincinnati coach. I can't remember what the guy's name is. Um, uh, what is his oh, name? I just slipped my mind. Um, but yeah, and he that Cronin, Mick Cronin, Nick Cronin, yeah. And he he definitely that's Greg Marshall esque. He 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 got put like one of his. He like pushes one of his assistant coaches clear out of the gym, basically. Yeah, and and then they have words. He's yeah. like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah." So anyway, we, they they run through all these famous meltdowns of coaches. I think I think the Greg Marshall one is the most over the top, just as far as not stopping. And it also struck me that it's kind of lame because it's just he's always he's he's freaking out because there are people in front of him like holding him back, like yeah. I think if I was in that situation, I'd be like, okay, Greg, go after him. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure that a couple of those referees could have kicked his ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I would have watched it over and... Okay, yeah. sorry. My, I, I don't have a strong... <clears throat> I, I, I'm not a big fan of Wichita State basketball, Brian. Right. But that's neither here nor there. Right. We're talking bigger picture. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You're right. It was... Uh, that's what I always think of when I see stuff like this, is that... It's really easy to be the big man when you're, yeah, you know, you got somebody holding your back and you know, and all that stuff. And there's a lot of that going on in this video. I wish if they're on a Canadian tour, I wish they would have just been like, yeah, go for it, yeah. see what happens, yeah, good luck, you know. Yeah. And I wish one of those refs would have just nailed the guy. <laughs> you know, uh, I was reading about uh, Teddy Roosevelt, one of our uh, uh, gentleman members. Uh, I can't remember which one posted a great article about um, Teddy Roosevelt and sporting life and like mm-hmm. how he used to. You know how he used to, uh, he was very active and did all these things, and boxing was one of his things. Yeah. And they said that on the campaign trail, he was walking somewhere, like going after a, a speech or something, and somebody was heckling him, and Roosevelt just like clocked the guy, just like <laughs> laid him out cold. And I, uh, it would have been funny to see that yeah. actually happen, you know, like in back in the day. Yeah. Fisticuffs, man. Yeah, that's the way to settle it. <laughs> I wish, yeah. Put I on wish, your, you know, your fighting trousers and exactly, go after him. Right. Um, but we watched that, watched all those different videos of all the things. The, the Bob Knight uh, chair thing was absolutely ridiculous. It was, that was a, that was one of the stupidest things I've ever seen a coach do. Yeah. He gets a lot of credit for being a good guy, I mean, a good coach and yeah. all that stuff. And that's fair enough. But he's a big baby, man. Yeah. You, you can't, can't throw a chair across. I mean, that's just, what the hell, man? That's really weird. Even if you're making a point, like. Right. What, it, it's just it's more of just being a big baby about stuff than anything else. And I have to say that in that list, it wasn't a meltdown, but the Pat Knight thing where he was talking about his players. I'm going to link this up on the podcast, but he does a press conference after a game, and this is at Lamar University, so right. it's not like National Powerhouse, right? But he he spends he kicks his own player out of the press conference for being a loser, in his own words. And yeah. then he sits down and proceeds to spend 20 minutes talking about how crappy his senior class is and how they don't deserve to be there and how they're losers and he hates all of them and, you know, just all this stuff. And it's, like, so unbecoming for a head coach to, to treat his players like that. It's, like, the most uncomfortable thing I think I've ever seen on a press conference ever. And to be clear, didn't he recruit them? No. He had oh, stepped so he into came the, in. He, yeah, he came in. And they had, had some off the off the court problems and stuff like that, but you don't do that. It's like only Bob Knight's son could sit there and yeah. say that. He at one point he says that the senior class is stealing money from the university to, because they are so you know crappy and all this stuff. They made the tournament that year. 
Yeah. And the subsequent two years that Pat Knight was coach of that team, they didn't even sniff like 500 yeah. in in a not so great conference. Well, and, so. and to, to get to the tournament, probably for Lamar, meant winning the the conference championship, right? I believe so. I believe that. Well, they but they were up and there. If they didn't, that's right. even better because yeah. that right. means they're actually right. Yeah. So anyway, I think that was the worst one that I saw. The Pat Knight chair incident. The Greg Marshall one was just ridiculous. He, <laughs> Greg Marshall, I he's a good coach and everything like that, but his sideline stuff needs to go. It's, yeah, it's terrible. I uh, yeah, I, I I think for me, Brian, I think it's like this. I've seen some coaches um, over the years who have used kind of like the technical foul, like getting a technical to kind of fire up right. the team. Right, I get that. <clears throat> that makes sense. Right. I think if you use it a lot, then it probably doesn't work very well. But when you just go nuts, I don't yeah. I don't see how it serves any purpose other than you're teaching your players not to well, let me adhere say, to discipline. Let me say this. Uh, Jim Woolridge, former K-State basketball coach. The One of the only like eight people to beat Bill Self at Allen Fieldhouse. Yes, yes. Did yes. so by having a halftime rant in which he broke his hand on a chalkboard. Mistakenly, <laughs> inadvertently, inadvertently, he thought he was going to hit something and it wasn't going to hurt his hand, but it broke his hand because you're basically slamming it into a piece of thin concrete, essentially. Oh man! Um, but he, uh, there was a funny story because he basically said he had to pretend like it didn't hurt, but it like hurt so bad. And uh, shaking hands after the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so sometimes, you know, the big rants and raves, I guess they work on kids because uh, K State went into Allen Fieldhouse That's and right. whipped KU. And, uh, yep. you know, they, they definitely beat them. It was a good day. It was not a good day for me. <laughs> I remember watching that game. Um, but I will say that, yeah, sometimes it just takes a spark. Bill Self's been kicked out of, team, out of games before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just... I mean, I think all coaches keep that in their quiver. I don't know if he's been kicked out of many. I know he's gotten a couple technicals. Yeah. Or a few... He gets a, technical, a yeah. few technicals every year just to kind of yeah. like... Bill Self's, the, uh, Bill Self's the smirk, though. Yeah. He's the smirk. He's not the, the jump up and down and, you know... Right. He's not going to get kicked out of a... Right. He's just like, you know... I, I, I would like to think that he's got a presence enough to understand, like, okay, uh, yeah. what am I going to accomplish here? Right. This is probably going to do right. anything. But you know what? I I can't speak for Greg Marshall. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's it's a tough call. Who knows what's going through that guy's? I can he's only probably, speculate. Yeah, exactly. He's probably he's got a lot on his mind. That's right. Uh, with Ron Baker and Van Vliet gone, it's going to be a long cold winter. Yikes! Um, so anyway, uh, <laughs> but good news is it's almost basketball season. That's right, and it is football season next month. So that's right, best time of the year as far as I'm concerned. Looking forward to uh, this fall. Um, so anyway, that's I, I I wanted to kind of talk about something that you know get me excited for basketball and football season, which is that's right. right. Around the corner. So um, anyway. <laughs> What a ridiculous, yeah, ridiculous. Thing. But I'll, I'll link up the I'll link up the Pat Knight thing and the Greg Marshall flame out if you want to go check out both of them. Go watch it. It's They're beautiful. both worth watching oh. uh, for different reasons, but um, definitely worth a couple minutes of your time to go check those out. <clears throat> They're not going to get put in uh, Razorbacks Faith in Humanity. No, collection. they will not. Uh, if Razorbacks got a a fifty year old baby, dear God, uh, collection, then save that us. Would, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, it's time for the final segment, which is the uh, questions from the gentleman mailbag. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a couple of questions from the parlor this week. First of all, uh, Lariv, who actually asked us her question last week, uh, asked you to uh, give a trumpet solo, which apparently it comes to my attention that Glenn does not have a trumpet, so he will not be able to do a trumpet solo. I can't do a trumpet solo. Many people were hoping for some hang on Sloopy. But apparently that's uh, not going to happen. If I get a trumpet in here... See, here's the thing. My dad sold my trumpet like as soon as I graduated high school. I wonder why. He was like, hmm, well, how can I get a quick 150 bucks? I know how. We're hawking the trumpet. <laughs> uh, uh, I wonder if he had any bad, like, just memories of that whole... Bad memories? I was first chair, man. Oh, okay. Come on. I had solos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I would I would love to, but it, I, I, I can't play anymore um, because right. I haven't played in, you know... 17 years. Right. What, um, what other questions did we have, Brian? Okay, so we had a couple more. Um, uh, Demon actually asked us, how, how many men- members and contributing members does Gentleman have to date? And Demon, we would love to tell you this. 
And uh, so, uh, you know, we've never done this, but for the first time, I'm actually going to say right now uh, how many members uh, and, you know, how many members Gentleman actually has, which is... Uh, I'm sorry, we had some kind of, I don't know, we had some kind of technical glitch huh, there. Weird. So we uh, we can't... I. Yes. Yeah, well, so, here, just say it again. Just say it right now. Okay. Sure. Okay, right now. We'll see okay. what, we I, have how many, many? We have. We have a, so there you go. So that's huh. what that's what it was. So. See, I thought we had that many. Right. Exactly. So you know, that's just uh, you know. Okay. Um, so uh, so anyway, so that that, that answers that. That clears that, that clears up. Clears that up. Yep. Um, Who knew? So um, and then finally, and, and then another question we had here was from uh, gentleman user EMT seven five two. He says, "Is it okay to be weak?" No, no, it's no. not okay to be no. weak. No, it's not okay mm-hmm. at all. Um, and you know, so um, but that's a good question. Um, it is. I would recommend some more steak and push-ups. Right. That's that's my <laughs> cure for that. Uh, no, that that seriously though, that that is a good question. And Glenn and I started getting all philosophical when we started talking about it. We we're like, oh, I don't know. That's I. I started thinking about it myself when he asked that, and I was like, Whoa, that's how do you define how weak? Do you, yeah, exactly. And what and is that? Is that okay? I, I don't know. Physically like, I or right. mentally? Or? Um, so anyway, uh, it's very open ended. It's a very it's a very deep question, and one that we think is probably not. We try to have fun on the questions from the gentleman mailbag and joke around, <laughs> and we don't want to get into like a therapy session with you about. Uh, Brian, you know, I think I'm weak. <laughs> Lay down, Glenn. Lay down. I don't want to rub your back. Uh, so yeah so anyway um okay glenn but the the one question that i you know like i talked about earlier um after all that thank you guys for sending those questions to us really appreciate it also Um, brian i I think i think maybe when when the next podcast rolls around we're getting ready to start planning for it maybe we'll start another thread and just say this is this week's question right like right that way there's less confusion about oh should i repost that or she'll try to figure stuff out yeah yeah so but anyway um okay glenn well uh, the question that I wanted to have addressed immediately mm-hmm. was that, look, NCAA football is right around the corner. It starts a week from today. And uh, I want to know, I want to know who Glenn Stansbury thinks is going to be in the college football playoff this year. we got four teams, and uh, it's right around the corner. College football season is happening. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to the fall, watching some college football, and uh, not working in the world company. So, um, uh, what, uh, if you, if you had to, uh, it's, what would you, uh, Brian, I think this year is going to be unprecedented. Yes. I think. Okay. We're going to see some history mm-hmm. making. History. Okay. Uh, how many teams are in the, uh, four, four. right? Just four, four teams. Four teams. There's, they haven't expanded it yet, have they? Not They've yet. They've talked about it. They've talked about they, yeah they've talked, talked about, about eight, going right? to eight yeah. yeah but we're talking about four here. we're just gonna do four yep it's gonna be all Big Twelve baby we're gonna go uh, Nebraska okay <laughs> that's probably not gonna happen not in Big Twelve now um, yeah I I, I uh, think there's a, you know there's the Power Five conferences yes and you got to think that you know um, one of them's gonna get left out so it's gonna be like the best team in in four of the five conferences basically. I'm gonna make a bold prediction here. Okay, Alabama will be in the playoffs. Agreed. I'm I'm on board with that. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, um, uh, Clemson. I have that on my list too. Okay, Clemson. Clemson is a team that made it there last year. Uh, Their quarterbacks coming back. They're looking pretty salty. I think they're going to be good. They got Brent Venables, K State guy. Oh, there you go. One of the best D coordinators in the country. So rumored to be grooming for the head coaching position at look KSU. Uh, I'm not going to say I have any inside sources. Once, uh, but uh, supposedly, you know, uh, it's like once Snyder hits a hundred, right? I think uh, Brent's going to be head coach at K State, and then D coordinator Nick Saban. So, uh, that's that's just what I'm hearing. Uh, wow, that's, I'm just that's wow. what I'm hearing. Yeah, so, I'll have what he's having, right? Um, um. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So we got so far. Both Glenn and I agree on Alabama and Clemson both making it to the college football playoff okay. again. Go out on limb again here. Uh, this is tough. Yeah. Do I go Michigan or do I go Ohio State? Mm. Um. You know what? 
I'm gonna go Michigan. I did the same thing. All Michigan's right. Like three, uh, I think I think Harbaugh's gonna get it done this year. All right. I think he's been out there on the recruiting trail. I think mm-hmm. he's getting it done. I think they're gonna have a strong team, and I think Ohio State. I think Ohio State took people by surprise the first year, and I think that Michigan's gonna do the same thing this year. People, Michigan's gonna take them by surprise. Harbaugh's gonna get it done. It's all their. Uh, Cross country camps. That's right. And he's, the, been, he's been out there doing. I mean, he's, unorthodox recruiting. He's really loving it this, yeah, this yeah, time around. So uh, I'm behind that. So. All right, and then I'll go with the safe pick, Kansas Jayhawks. Okay, uh, all the way. Interesting. Yeah, all the way. Now you may see them as a dark horse. Well, for some people getting into the college playoffs, but I think you should put some money on that. Twelve and one. The odds of them making the college football playoff, I would say, are astronomical. So I would put fifty bucks down on that. I would put five dollars down and make like five thousand if that actually happened. Probably more. 20, you could probably put your kids through college on that <laughs> bet. Well, then it's a sure bet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I, I. To be honest. To be fair. Uh, here's here's the best part. I don't know anything about college football as it stands right now. Really. The, the landscape. I was just okay. putting out. Um, and I could have thrown in uh, Michigan State, but I don't think they're going to be as good this year. Uh, yeah. Because they had a they had the the quarterback a senior right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State, I could have thrown in there. Ohio State, yeah, that could just have gone because in the way. they're you know yeah. uh, the Stanford Stanford because they've got that stud McCaffrey. Yeah, yep. so I don't know. That's just what I know. Mm-hmm. I'm just so. What you, what's the fourth one then? What, who's the fourth? Uh, <clears throat> well, okay, let me do some number crunching here in my head. Okay, now we're talking about you've already got represented. You've got the ACC. Mm-hmm. You've got the Big Ten. Uh, we need a Big Twelve. Is what you're saying? Well, I'm just saying conference wise, Power you, Five. Well, yeah, okay. And so, no. so we said, uh, what did we say? We said... I pulled up some videos for you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce. Hey. Single ladies. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I, uh, I have an Xbox, and it thought I was talking to it. When AI I, goes bad. Well, I was doing this. I heard some beeping, and I thought Cortana. it was my computer... Cortana, I'm not talking to you. Um, Cortana? Yeah, that's the name of Microsoft stuff. Huh. Um, Okay, so so we said, uh, okay, so we said Alabama, so we got the SEC. Um, Yes, yes. We said Michigan, Mm -hmm. so we've got the Big Ten. Mm -hmm. We said ACC. ACC. And so the only only two conferences are left are the Big 12 and the Pac-12. So. Yeah, so it's Stanford or Kansas, basically. Yeah. Is what I'm I'm going with there. Okay. Um, I would probably say, I'm going to go Big 12. Okay. Uh, which means it's probably going to... It's not going to be Baylor. No, it's not going to be Baylor. Uh, gosh. Oklahoma? Oklahoma? Oklahoma. We're going to go Oklahoma. That was my exact top four. Glenn has my exact top four right there. That's exactly what I wrote down before the show even started. Uh, Oklahoma is... I would have said maybe Baylor last year. But right. without their head coach, they're going to not... They're, they're going to be okay, but they're not going to be very good. And uh, so Oklahoma is going to be the best Big Twelve team. Uh, they're Oklahoma. They're going to be in the. They're going to be in the college football playoff. They'll be there. So um, and Pac twelve, unfortunately, once again, they're going to be shut out. That's right. Um, second year in a row. You know why? Because nobody watches TV when well, Pac twelve plays. There's not a strong, you know, a really strong uh, Pac twelve <laughs> team. And uh, I'm on record saying that because Woo. I'm hyping up the Big Twelve. Because this is like we could have our own ESPN show. All right, we might as well. Look, look what I did. I just pulled right blue bloods out of the hat. Well, Alabama's going to be there because they They're are Alabama. Alabama. Right. Uh, and I didn't realize that Saban's won the, the championship five of the last ten years. He's won the championship, so you got a fifty percent chance. Yeah, that he's going to go all the way. Um, uh, you know, that with Deshaun Watson at uh, Clemson. Yep. Who is the QB? QB one. Uh, he's going to lead them back there. I mean, Clemson was solid last year. They've got great players. They're going to, you know, most of the team comes back. They're going to have a, a good returning supporting cast. Uh, so that's a really solid bet there. Uh, they'll probably be back. Uh, also, the ACC. Not, I mean, they've got a couple guys to deal with, but not a whole lot of stuff. Well, it'll be interesting to see what Virginia Tech does because they got the guy from Memphis. But it'll take a while yeah. before he can probably build solid. them up into something. Um, but. Uh, Michigan, I just feel like Harbaugh last year wasn't great, but I think this year they're they're gonna they're gonna get it done. So it's either gonna be Michigan or Ohio State, and I just feel like I 
I think Ohio State might be there, but I think like Michigan's really going to make a breakthrough this year. I don't know. I, I'm not alone in that feeling. And then you look at o- OU; they're the only Big Twelve team that's going to be worth a damn. They're going to be able to come through, and they're going to they're going to kick everybody's ass in the Big Twelve. Yeah, and so that will get them into the college playoff uh, this time. And unfortunately, Pac-12 it sucks to be a Power Five and be left out. But I don't. Unless there's some dominant team in the Pac-12 that I don't know about. Like, I'm not seeing anybody. Stanford's going to be really good. Yep. But K-State's going to beat them in the first week. So, um, that's going to kind of knock them out of contention right there. So Pac-12, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. That's right. So, anyway. You heard it here first. That's going to be the, the... We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll have to update this when we go to... When we get to, the, uh, you know, December, November, mm-hmm. we'll have, when it comes out, we'll have to check our predictions and see how we ended up with it's funny, Brian. I was out today. I was doing an interval workout outside, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I noticed for the first time this summer, uh, like a, you know that 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 like slight chill in the air. It's like yeah. it's, it's warm. The sun is really hot, but there's that chill in the air. Yep, it's here. And you know what that says to me? Fall football, baby. Fall in football. That's right. That's right. So uh, it's here. Um, <sighs> it's a good. It's I love this time of year. I'm not, I'm not even that big of a. I'm not. Brian's a huge football fan. College huge. football fan. Um, I love college football. Right, not as much as Brian, but still, I love the idea of college football right. and the time period and everything. Right. It's here, man. Yeah, we're starting to drink, uh, you know, ales. Right, we're getting away from those highfalutin IPAs mm-hmm. that are under the label here. Right. Yeah, no, we're, it's an exciting time of year. It's great. So let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Have you started watching Friday Night Lights again? Yes, last night. <laughs> I watched the uh, the first two episodes. Okay, Friday Night Lights, and okay. they hold up well. The seminal classic. I was just, I was getting a little t- misty eyed, yeah. like when they're playing the song, and you know, oh man, that uh, Saracen comes in and throws a cube, uh, uh, a touchdown pass to win a game. Oh man, man. the Rudy story. What a magic! Uh, what a magic series. Friday Night Lights. If the, if anybody's a football fan out there that hasn't started watching Friday Night Lights. You gotta do it. Or if you like football and teen drama. Yes. That's pretty much Friday Night Lights. Hey, man. Mostly teen drama, a little bit of football. Well, yeah. I don't know what it is about that show. I don't know what it is either. It's the most, it's the, it's it's one of those, it's like smooth. Mm-hmm. It's like so, so lame, but on you paper. love it. On yeah, paper, it looks exactly. terrible. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of on paper looking terrible. That's right. Um, that was episode 95. That was episode 95. <laughs> um... <laughs> So anyway, Glenn, uh, okay, well, everybody out there, thanks for listening to to us rant and rave and talk about uh, all these things. We really appreciate everybody out there that listens to the Gentleman Podcast and the people that uh, go and hang out and check out Gentleman.com. And, uh, you guys mean a lot to us. They, yeah, you do. Um, and so thank you guys so much. Um, we will see you for episode 96 in two weeks. And uh, I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Uh, Good night, folks. Signing off.